And welcome everyone to the weekly walkthrough HTM podcast coming to you from the hub of the community, the Heston Public Library, recorded with podcasting equipment sponsored by USW Local 11228. So, uh, hi, Susan. Hi, Rusty. You know, sometimes we had it, we were going on and going on and realized that I didn't have the right file working here because of technical things and it's really hard when technology is smarter than you are sometimes. So how would you feel about the the practice session that we just had? I think, you know... Could you post that but in a pay, like people would pay to hear it? No, because I deleted it already. Oh, man. Well, do you want to talk about your relatives? No, we we already... Do you want to talk about any injuries? (laughs) No, because everyone knows I'm a klutz. Does anybody else in the room want to talk about injuries or relatives? Should we just should we just jump in? Well, yeah, but we have some cool we, guests. We do. We do. Tammy Crables, cool nurse, is stopping by the data center, the hub of the central, to talk about her role at USD 460, along with tips on how to stay healthy. And the ARB is in the house. Scott Vogt and Brad Gu are also here to with us to give us the scoop on what's going down in Southtown. There's got to be something going I, down I in to, Southtown. I had that, to work that Southtown in because I'm so proud of it. I tell you what, that was like a couple weeks ago when I was trying to work in some words. And I know, we, I'm I know. not going to tell anybody what they are because the people I was trying exactly. to work in might come after me. I know exactly what kind of training exercises you were doing. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah. Well, anyway. Yes. So, Tammy. hi, Tammy. Welcome to Data Central, or the—that's what we're going to call it, or Control Central, or something. Right. So, let's try this again. We are good this time, I promise. We're Hello. so glad you're here, Tammy. Yes. You have a Thanks. very important job in our school district, and we really feel like it's a privilege um, to have you as our school nurse and your partner that supports the role. Also, it's important to take care of kids and teachers, and it's. Not something that everyone in the community maybe fully understands, mm-hmm. and I get that, why they wouldn't know exactly what you do, because you do many, many things. So let's just kind of start out in general. What are some of the primary responsibilities? Do not feel like like you have to um, shortchange us. Tell us the stuff that you're doing, yeah. because it is all important and interesting. Okay. I, I mean, I could read you the whole long list, but I won't do that. <laughs> well, just make sure you speak really clearly because okay. I know people say, well, I've wanted to hear it. Okay. Um, I do a lot of stuff. There's a lot of day-to-day stuff that I do. Um, this morning, I can just kind of give you an overview. Sure. I had a kiddo come in that lost his tooth, so we gave him a treasure chest box. Nice. Um, I have had a couple of tummy aches when I called mom on because I'd seen her for a couple of days. Um, I had a kiddo that came in and said that he needed to use the restroom, and he used my restroom. I mean, I have all kinds of things Mm -hmm. that come in. Headaches, anything that you can think of. Um, I also worked on some ordering ordering supplies for the three buildings because I keep an office in each building. Mm -hmm. And I worked on dental screens. We've got that coming up this month. The Heston Dental comes in and... um, does a free dental exam for anybody who didn't turn in their cards. Mm-hmm. So they'll be at the elementary one day and the middle school one day and the high school one day. So I worked on that. We've got flu shots coming in October, so that's been scheduled. I've got freshmen going over to the Learning Center for Health on Thursday to learn about healthy relationships. And so I've been working with them on that, getting buses ready and things like that. Um that's pretty much what I've done this week. I've got some screenings Today's I need Tuesday. to do. Today's Tuesday, <laughs> and she's done all. I was Tuesday. like, "Wow, your school wow, year has no, been busy, no. and it's just <laughs> your day. Fine, that's that's impressive." All right. Yeah. So, um, say just a little bit. Let's let's uh, kind of pull out that um, dental part. Okay. I'm sure there are people saying that's not the school's job. But why would the school care about that? And what, um, tell, say just a little bit more about that partnership. Actually, it is required by the state that the school screen all students. That is a state statute that mm-hmm. you have to do that. And so we sent out dental cards in our packets, and knowing that most families probably do see a dentist. And if they get the dentist to sign that, then that excludes them from having to have the screen. So it kind of helps us out too. That way we don't have to screen the mm-hmm. entire population. Um, and then those who don't turn them in get the screen. And if there's something the dentist is concerned about, then we send the referral home to parents and let them know. Um, the dental office here in town, Heston Dentistry, is very good to work with. We love working with them. Mm-hmm. They actually offer free fluoride to the elementary kiddos if they want it. So that has been nice. really nice, too. 
And, and if a child has something going on with a dental problem, it could impact their ability to do well in school. Oh, yeah. Just think about what it feels like to have a tooth that is broken or a cavity in it and how you can even concentrate on school if you've got that pain. Yeah. And if you're trying to learn calculus, I would think that You'd be you thinking would, about your tooth more than you the would, math. Right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so over the – how long have you been in USD 460? This is my 19th year. Oh, wow. Okay. So say a little bit. um, I might be taking a rabbit trail here, but, like, did you start out as a um, plan to be a nurse when you were in high school or what? No. (laughs) I didn't know what I was going to do when I was in high school. And there's Um, nothing wrong with that, kids. No, there's (laughs) not. You can make your your mind as you go. And you can change along the way, let me tell you. That's true. That is very true. I I thought maybe, oh. Pre-med might be kind of fun. I like working with people. So mm-hmm. I, I went to school and I started in pre-med and then I decided, no, I don't want to go to school that long. <laughs> and so two years into it, I switched and thought, well, maybe biology, but I didn't really want to just sit at a desk working with prairie dogs or counting, <laughs> you know, whatever. So okay. I said, well, maybe nursing. So I went into nursing. So it took me six years okay. to decide what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. But when I got into nursing, I knew I wanted to work with kids. That was definite. And you had worked in a clinic setting or, or um, um, office. I started at Denver Children's for a okay. couple of years. And then when I got married, we ended up here because this is where my husband's from. Mm-hmm. And um, I started in a clinic at okay. Newton. Okay. And I worked there for 12 12 years. Okay. And then I came to school. We are so glad. School yes. nurses have a very <laughs> special place in my heart because my mom was a school nurse okay. in Wichita for 17 years. So so how has your role changed and evolved over the years that you've been um, here? Well, when I started, I was part-time, I think 20 hours a week maybe. Mm-hmm. I started in the middle of the year in January, and I don't think they'd had a nurse for a few months. Okay. And so... It was a whole new world for me. <laughs> I mean, I knew kids. I knew what to look for for sick kids, but I had no idea what a school nurse did. Mm-hmm. Um, thankfully, the Newton nurses were awesome, like Donna Ixty. I know yes. she's here in okay. town, but she was the one that helped me, and Karen Lehman. Mm-hmm. Um, I called them a lot, <laughs> but they were very helpful. And so as as it evolved, I started just seeing seeing kids for their illnesses, but as I got more and more into things, you know, now it's like I'll talk to parents and suggest, you know, oh, you could do this or you could Mm -hmm. try this. You know, I referred somebody to Mrs. Lafferty this morning. You know, I just, you can give them more things. And I kind of dabbled in a few other things. Like I came up with the idea that we try a swag program. And so I went to Brandy Coker, the PE teacher, and said, hey, you want to collaborate with me? Yeah, yeah. So things like that. I don't, I just have expanded kind of on my own. And what's been nice is the district has been so supportive. Mm-hmm. I love hearing that. Yeah. yeah. I think one thing that we we hit on, I don't know if that was during the technical difficulties, difficulties or not because words are hard, but I think an underrated aspect or not seen is that you're not just helping the students, you're helping the teachers too. Yeah. yeah. And that's kind of, that's I, I don't think that has ever registered. Oh, you're not just there for, you're there for USD 460. Everybody can come see you and, and right. you can help with it. Yeah. I look in the ears of some teachers okay. or the throats of some teachers. Yeah. And I do like their BBP and the bloodborne pathogens at the mm-hmm. beginning of the year. And so when those get all turned in, they get a little treat in their mailbox, a little chocolate, make okay. their day. Um, we do some things that sometimes that just kind of help them de-stress. I don't know. We did like a step challenge last year at the middle school and we did like a wellness Wednesdays at the elementary where we did four Wednesdays and they just did fun things. The art teacher did one and the PE teacher did one and just kind of took turns and it was just a time, 15 minutes at the end of the day to just relax and have fun. Catch your breath a little bit, reset. Yeah, that's. I think that's, and we've talked about this even when we were in mental health month Mm -hmm. back in season one because we're season two now. Um, but are we ever? We are. But I think that's just an underrated aspect, an over, or not even underrated, but an overlooked aspect of just catching your breath, resetting, and, and getting that stress out, not just for the kids, but for the teachers as well. So, Yeah. yeah. Well, one thing that I think about when you talk about um, your role, it, it would be responding to the unexpected. And we have a fabulous EMS squad in this town, but if you have a kid that... Um, 
is diabetic and they go low or whatever, I'm not using medical terms probably, but um, having somebody there that can get there quickly while maybe the ambulance is being called, it, it has to be comforting to parents. And, and accidents do happen. We have a very qualified staff. They're careful. They're watching kids all the time. But the unexpected and just to have another person with medical background is huge in my mind as thinking about it. Yeah. You yeah. mentioned SWAG. Not everybody knows that acronym. But do you want to explain what SWAG is? We're big fans of it in our family. Swather Walker's Achieving Greatness. And it is a program where we, every spring, start at the elementary school. And the kiddos, there's a walking path. They had that built after the school was built. And they walk around the path, and six laps is a mile. And they have a card, a QR card, that they can scan as they go by. And it counts their laps for them. And each milestone they get a token like a toe token or a foot token that they can wear on a shoestring Mm -hmm. and so at 10 20 30 40 all the way up to 100 50 miles they earn a t-shirt and at the end of the whole thing we recognize the top 10 we give them a ball of their choice basketball baseball whatever they want and then the whole school celebrates with the fun run at the end of the school year so so if people have maybe seen a, a student wearing kind of a, a necklace that looks like it has a lot of little plastic pieces on it, that could very much be associated with swag. If in the spring you've seen kids running around that King Park loop and maybe doing some fun things on that route, that's the fun run. And yeah. that is such a unique and important program and builds an interest in oh, exercise. It, it absolutely is because that's something that okay, – this dates me, but we going way back to elementary school, they had the 100-mile club. And if you ran a 100 miles, you got a T-shirt. And they mm. kept track of that through elementary school. So mm, I didn't know that. They did that because I remember the 100-mile club, the 100-mile club T-shirts that mm-hmm. they had started. And so to hear something like that has evolved to something maybe more tangible than 100 miles for an elementary school to, kid to run, that, that's good. You, I have to give you some stats because okay. it's, it's impressive. They oh, were impressive. Lay it on me. I'm a number So stat. last year, they went um, 11,879 miles. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and that That's was 1,338 miles more than the year before. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. 94 kids earned a 50-mile shirt, and 34 went over 100. That's spectacular. It was. And there are some of them that that's all they do. From the first day of swag Mm -hmm. until the last, they run every day. 220 220 miles. So, Oh, my goodness. Yeah. It's amazing. It is. It's pretty pretty impressive. Sign them up for track and cross country. I think think someday they probably do. They do. They get excited about that. Yeah. That's amazing. That's awesome. Well, and it... um, it builds a culture. I think that you've done a tremendous job in your role contributing to the positive culture of those three buildings. And I just want to thank you for that because it matters. So what else? I mean, let, let maybe first, what can families do? You know, they could say, oh, put down that screen and go out and run your two miles and I'll Definitely. give you a donut or whatever. But um, <laughs> what, what can families do to make sure their kids stay healthy this year? Breakfast. Start with breakfast. And not just a donut. A donut's okay, but have a cheese stick with it so you have a little protein mm-hmm. to tide you by. Um, there's a lot of kids that'll come in in the mornings and have a tummy ache, and that's my first question. Did you get breakfast? Um, some say no, but some say yes. You know, you never know. Um, so I would say breakfast, get them outside. Kids just need to have some time outdoors. Yeah. That is huge. Plenty of sleep, um, eight to ten hours, really for a growing kid and just work with them like make school important let them know it's their job and and sit down and read with them and help them with their homework and yeah and this is not just for k through four are you speaking to parents of everybody okay so you think a high schooler should eat breakfast and i know they should in fact if they're in sports i'd pack a little peanut butter and jelly sandwich in my kid's bag yet too because Mm -hmm. they're hungry Mm -hmm. they are hungry yeah Yeah. they are yeah and it's hard because i think when you're as your children grow you're kind of like okay i need to get out of their way but 
it, those things like sleep and being outdoors, all that matters. So yeah. what and else you got? Check in with them. Check in with them every ask, day. Ask, like, how's life? Those yeah. kinds of questions. <laughs> yeah. You got anything else, Tammy, that we need to talk I about? anything else. I mean, I know you have a lot, mm-hmm. but. We got Narcan. That we're oh, putting say in a little our bit AED about that. Mm-hmm. Um, what that, is Narcan and what's its role? It's um, to stop a d- drug overdose. Okay. And so we're going to put those in our AED boxes at the middle and high school. Mm-hmm. So we're working to get teachers trained on how to use that and what to do should that be a problem. I have a question. Okay. Do all the teachers have to go through how to use the AED box? Or is that, or is that uh, specific to a certain goal? Our goal has been to get all the teachers okay. CPR trained. Okay. At this point, it's it's coaches. Right. But we have coaches in every building, mm-hmm. so there's at least someone. Yeah, but it's a good start. It's a good yes. foundation on which to build. Yes. And so. it's a good time to shout out our EMS is like amazing. They can be there in minutes. Yeah. And so I've always felt very comfortable. Should anything happen, you know, call nine one one. They will be here with. In less than five. Yeah, they're they're good. Our REMS is really really good. Yeah. So. Yeah, and we we may have to do a whole podcast about Narcan because I think that's a pretty important and and difficult topic. Mm-hmm. But if you have to choose between helping someone who has ingested something or letting them die, I think we would all choose to save their lives. And then we'll deal later with the the underlying issue, but. Narcan is pretty important. Mm-hmm. And, and minutes are important mm-hmm. when there's an overdose. Yeah. So the faster you can get it, the better, which is good that we've got yeah. it at school. Right. Yeah. Go ahead. No, you, you were going to ask a question. I was just going to say, is there anything else? I was going to ask if there were some tips to stay healthy other than the breakfast and maybe reminding people to wash their hands and take a little bit of extra time or, or something <laughs> sure. along those lines, you know. Sure, we could do that. Yeah. Um, wash your hands with soap and water, mm-hmm. not the sanitizing stuff. It's okay in a pinch, but soap and water is best. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Guilty. Brush your teeth, you know, mm-hmm. twice a day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, when you sneeze, sneeze into your elbow. Teach your kids to sneeze into their elbow because, you know, when they sneeze in their hands and then they don't wash their hands and their hands are touching everything – Germs are going everywhere. Right, right. <laughs> the whole cover your mouth has evolved to cover your mouth with your elbow, not just covering your mouth. Right, you know, yeah. right, right. Yeah. Drink plenty of water. We've got water bottles think, at our desks. And I think that also flies under the radar of staying hydrated, not just for the athletes, yeah. but in general. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So. How do you know when you're drinking too much water? Ooh, good question. Uh, well, you can get, like, dizzy and headache. Okay. But my guess is that's not going to be a problem for okay. anybody. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know, like, when it was in triple digits, I feel like I was drinking. And somebody said, well, maybe you're drinking too much. Yeah. You would feel it. Okay. You would have a headache. You would be dizzy. You would okay. just not feel good. Well, we are very grateful. Yes, we are. For what me. you are doing. Yes. Well, and you. we uh, look forward to maybe having you come back another time, season three. Season um, just three, like yeah. planning ahead, oh, assuming yeah, that yeah. we'll get our contracts uh, renewed. Hopefully. But, um, <laughs> we appreciate you being here, Tammy. Have a safe school year. Well, Please thanks let for us me. know so if much. there are things that we can push out to the public. And I hope that the rest of this week is smooth sailing for yeah. you. Yeah, because you've already had a busy week and it's only Tuesday. So <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> right. It's, it's a job where you just never know. That's true. That's yeah. true. Are you ever bored? No. I Does, didn't think so. I'm really not. The time passes super fast, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. Great. Well, thanks, Tammy. Thank you so much, Tammy. Can she get some applause, do you think? We, we're saving that for the, Oh, yeah. Get all of our live audience to turn, tune in. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Tammy, thanks. Right. Have Thank a good you. day. Thank you so much. So we're going to transition Tammy to out. To Southtown. We're going to transition from the east side to Southtown. Well, I guess it's not even the east side anymore. It's all over. It's all over. It's, they're all, the school district's almost centrally located as central as we are. We're going to transition to Brad and Scott from the Arboretum, the Dick Arboretum of the Plains, a very, very spectacular botanical area in Heston that I think a lot of people visit. I think you guys get a lot of visitors, but we're glad you guys are here. Thanks for having us. Oh, we're, we're just excited and, and especially nice uh, transition when Tammy said get kids outside. I'm thinking, yeah, and right here in town there's a great place that they can go and enjoy a safe um, and beautiful, like, outdoor environment. Mm-hmm. So, well, Scott, what's new over there for people that maybe haven't listened 
um, for several years. Well, I guess, no, been there several years, been over. <laughs> Listen, people who weren't following well, us back in the late 90s on we, our podcast. <laughs> Sorry about that. But, Which is amazing. Because yeah. it's been, the, those are vintage episodes. So. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> Jack a, Benny. We're over a year. so We, we are. That's true. Um, so for people who maybe haven't been over to the Arboretum for a little while, what, what are some of your new things going on? Well, the last several years, uh, we've coordinated with the library to do the summer book walk, mm-hmm. um, and that's been uh, well received. Um, one of the new things uh, started last, we put up last uh, summer, was a new welcome sign, which has uh, a map, um, kind of garden etiquette, and then a display case for upcoming events. And then uh, we also, earlier this spring, developed a new memorial garden. Uh, in memory of Teresa Mullet, um, that was designed and um, installed, and we'll continue to add to that. Um, that connects to a woodland walk um, as well. And right now, uh, we are p- paving a new part of the Arboretum, the south part of the Arboretum, with concrete, um, and uh, that will allow uh, easier access for Showalter Villa residents and visitors who come to the Arboretum. So, um, if you walk around too, you may notice that there's a lot of uh, has been a lot of uh, trees that we have lost, like pine trees. Um, that's due to a lot of diseases going around, so we'll be, we are replacing those with uh, other evergreens or deciduous trees. Um, you know, just the cycle of life type of a thing. Mm-hmm. So, um, but those are the, the main uh, new additions that, that we're really excited about at the Arboretum. And I just was thinking, I suppose there is a chance that if people really haven't been there for a while, they might not even know about the hub. What, what is its birth date? Uh, that was uh, started in 2019, opened in the spring of 2019. Um, that has the Prairie Discovery Lab, which has concrete floors. We can do uh, hands-on education classes there, and it's next to the greenhouse, and we utilize that for our plant sales two times a year. It's kind of tucked back in there, but people just need to stick with the path, bare left a little bit, and look for a building that truly does belong to the Arboretum. It yes. just might feel like, oh, I'm not supposed to snoop, but you want <laughs> yeah. people to know it's yeah, there. We, we want people to get out and discover the Arboretum and walk around. So, uh, yeah, feel free to walk around and see what's going on there. And um, there's display beds along that path that goes to the hub and um, many new display beds uh, in the works in the future here. Nice. So. So your mission, how has it um, remained the same, but has it changed at all? Maybe it hasn't changed. Well, it has changed. Uh, back when the Arboretum was founded back in 1981, um, Harold and uh, Elva May Dick, uh, the original mission statement was to foster an appreciation of the natural beauty of Kansas. Mm-hmm. Um, Harold, in particular, Evie, had a love for the Kansas landscape. Um, and the rolling hills, uh, the prairie. Um, and from that time, um, we kind of uh, transitioned to more of a, the next mission statement was more focused on plant material, um, utilizing plants, uh, both native and adaptable plants. But our current mission kind of has come back to uh, focus a little bit more what um, was at the heart of Evie's love for the Kansas landscape and that's to uh, cultivate transformative relationships between people and the land. And uh, we do that a number of ways. We see the Arboretum as a catalyst to um, uh, making those relationships happen, uh, whether that's through uh, Native Plant School, whether that's the plant sale, whether that's the Prairie Window Concert Series, um, walking around the Arboretum, um, sitting and reflecting or watching nature, uh, while you're there feeding the turtles on the island, that kind of thing. So, I mean, there's all sorts of ways that, that people connect with the prairie or connect with the landscape, and, and all of those uh, can can be really meaningful um, and important. So, He brought up the turtles. I was going to bring <laughs> up the turtles, the, the turtle, the legend of the Arboretum turtle. We did a Mythbusters on that. There are turtles, and it's really cool. It's really cool to see all those turtles because originally, and I, again, I'm going to date myself, there used to be a flock of ducks, and people would go feed the ducks of the Arboretum. And you'd go, a lot of times that was before you, they said that bread was bad for ducks, and people would take their old bread out and feed the ducks. And actually, they people would drive on the path at the time, so it was old enough. That's way back when. So, But the turtles are actually, 
every so often on Facebook, I see posts of my friends who their family come in. They went to our arena and fed the turtles, and these mm-hmm. kids' eyes are wide at the gigantic couple of snapping turtles that lurk out there and get free meals. So yeah. don't dangle your toes in the right. Pond, so. <laughs> they, they, they can make a mess of you <laughs> real quickly. So, so how old is that oldest one? I have no idea, but uh, it's it's really large and mm-hmm. uh, really intimidating when you see it come up out of the water. So yeah. And for those people who think it's an alligator snapping turtle, it's not it's just a normal snapping turtle. Correct. We do not have alligator snapping turtles in Correct. Kansas. Okay, that's good to know. I, do, I wasn't afraid Nor of that, do we but... have cotton mouths, so we'll put that that little point, venomous snake to rest as well. So. There you go, good deal. <laughs> I, think, I think every turtle that has ever collected within the city limits of Heston at some time ends up at the urban <laughs> <and> pond. Uh, <laughs> people are just dumping them on you. Do, would you rather they not? Uh, they, they move on on their own, so uh, that's not a problem. Okay. It's a good ecosystem That's probably for what now. people thought when I moved to town. I'll <laughs> <laughs> well, just dump her off here. Maybe she'll move on. No. Uh, so why should our listeners give serious consideration to adding native Kansas plants to their landscape? Well, that's a good question, and it's kind of at the heart of uh, what we do, the, why we do the plant sales each year. Um, and it's because they these plants are... Um, what was here originally. Mm-hmm. Um, they're adapted to our climate. Um, there's uh, things that they, uh, these plants can do to solve uh, problems within your landscape, whether you have a wet area, a dry area. There's plants that can grow in those kinds of environments. And um, uh, so not only that, but it creates habitat, attracts wildlife, helps pollinators, helps birds. Um, and uh, there's just so many positive benefits to u- utilizing native plants. So besides the aesthetics of mm-hmm. having pretty pretty plants and, and beautiful things growing in your landscape. so And things that look like they should be in Kansas yes, rather than... it's creating this sense of place, you know, embracing this prairie uh, uh, ecosystem that was so vast and such a mm-hmm. part of what, of, of what was originally here. There wasn't a lot of trees here. This was right. all prairie. And um, so it's, it's embracing something that uh, was uh, adapted to this this kinds of climate. I mean, we have we have a hundred degree temperatures, and out in our prairie right now, there's plants that are blooming that mm. uh, uh, no irrigation, and it's just the deep root systems that they have, and they're just uh, can handle this kinds of uh, drought and uh, hot and cold, those kinds of things. So yeah. Maybe that could be said for the people too, right? I mean, really, you gotta be hardy. we need yeah. to, you got to be. That's right. You got to have a deep yeah. root system. You be yeah. Hardy. yeah. So this plant sale that you guys have been doing for a number of years, say a little bit about how that works. So uh, we have two plant sales a year. Uh, it's our largest fundraising event um, uh, that we that we host. Um, this is coming up next week, starting on the seventh for Arboretum members. Um, runs through the tenth. Um, and then we also do a sale in the springtime. Um, and it's just a way for us to offer native plants, um, whether it's uh, helping people with design landscapes that, uh, around their house or businesses or churches, um, uh, but uh, just a way for us to get native plants and, and kind of at the heart of embracing this uh, appreciation of the Kansas landscape. So really fits our mission. Good. And so if I'm not a member... And I come. To you can you can join. join you can join on the seventh, mm-hmm. uh, or you can come to the public sale, which is the eighth through the tenth. Gotcha. So, okay. What does it cost to join? So uh, an individual Arboretum membership is thirty six dollars. Okay. Um, for a couple, it's uh, sixty dollars, and then it can go on up from there. Uh, okay. Whatever level you want to support uh, the Arboretum. So, uh, we have about uh, eight little over eight hundred members that support us throughout the year uh, through membership and. Uh, we're grateful for each one of them. So, Well, and there's a lot of reciprocal benefits because you can go. I, As I was saying before we got started, I've been to quite a few public gardens on trips and mm-hmm. just went to the Botanica a few weeks ago free. Um, went to some public gardens in some other states free, and that's because I have this Arboretum membership. Right. So yeah. Your nice. Arboretum membership is reciprocal with around 250 different gardens around oh, the that's, United Oh, that's really so. cool. That's yeah. very so. cool. I think that people... Uh, that's 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 amazing. Yeah. 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 If we could just do that for a taco place, <laughs> I'd be a ta- work on taco that. Taco membership. 
I've got to go do some calculations. Yes, that's right. You work on or barbecue would I'm be my first. I'm pretty sure I'd have, we'd sell out of taco memberships. There <laughs> so. we go. Well, Scott, anything else you want to share today? Yeah, a couple things. Um, we're uh, in the beginning stage of exploring the possibilities of um, putting solar panels on the visitor center and pavilion. Currently, we have solar that supports us uh, the on the hub, which we talked about earlier, that runs the greenhouse and the hub. Um, that saved us uh, saves us a, a lot of money throughout mm-hmm. the year. Um, we're also working on uh, fundraising for the endowment, um, which s- supports us um, and gives us uh, kind of a base support throughout uh, the year. And then, obviously, we're planning new events. Uh, up, new, the one that's coming up is the Luminary Walk, which is the right. end of uh, uh, November and in the first week of December, So, um, which focuses on the 75th. Uh, anniversary of the Harvey County uh, um, bird count. Uh, and so uh, there'll be displays and programming around that. Um, and and it's pl- spectacular. And the Lumeria Walk is spectacular. So we're in the planning stages for that. So um, that's the, the the next big event after the plant sale. So Nice. And the Luminary Walk, I will just say, you think, okay, we'll just be those lights. But then you get out there and there are all these different things to see. And every year you have some way of spinning it so i feel like it's the first time i've been to it and i really admire that that's a wonderful skill you all have well we have a good team that uh committee that works on mm-hmm. those um and planning on that so um yeah it's it's it, it tr- we try to keep it fresh that way so. you do a good job well scott it is great to have you here thank you so much for you for your words and your insights and so we'll shift over a little bit to you brad yeah because this is second brad second time you've been on Third time, he's Third. about he's about ready for the jacket too. So, <laughs> All right. did you know there was a jacket involved? No. If you if, if you're on enough times, you earn a jacket. Yeah, and Susan thinks I'm gonna knit it. I'm not gonna knit it, but I know someone who could maybe knit a jacket. I think that the most anyone's been on here is what four. 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 Okay, so you're getting up there. Yeah, you're right there. You're so, Brad, you you wear a couple different hats at the <laughs> Arboretum. Um, what is your official title? Education coordinator. Uh, prairie restoration coordinator as well. I've kind of came on in more of a, a prairie restoration role early mm-hmm. on as we were restoring about half of that acreage at the Arboretum in our Prairie Window Project, the part that's getting the, the, the new paved uh, path. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's evolved over time to include, uh, you know, a lot more education work, uh, work with our Prairie Window Concert Series, and just helping out with all the events that we do and and programming and and sort of we're all we're all sort of jack of all trades uh, which is people cool anyway. yeah so yeah right. doing so lots of different things i know i'm springing this on you but i promise it's not weird i don't think but <laughs> do you ever go out and advise people like if they needed to do a controlled burn did i just imagine that or do you we did that a lot early on in the days okay uh, in my my earlier and younger years uh, <laughs> as part of the Arboretum. Okay. And uh, yeah, it's it's sort of a, there's a lot of gray area when it comes to consulting with prescribed burns because okay. there's not, you know, great insurance out there for doing these kind of mm-hmm. things. And I sort see. of you do it on a whim and a prayer sometimes, uh-huh. you know. Okay. But uh, yeah, I, I do have a, a background in, in conducting prescribed burns mm-hmm. and helping manage uh, that, that disturbance regime for prairies, which is very important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, and helping people kind of know how and when to do those sorts of things. So that has been part of, of sort of the services that we've offered at the mm-hmm. Arboretum. Yeah, and it's sometimes things change over time and needs and opportunities and, and risk management. And I bet you've had lots of hours of practice thinking this through. So thank you for just clarifying that. Mm-hmm. But one thing that I know you really love is the Prairie Window Concert Series. That's kind of like definitely in your wheelhouse, right? And it's something that sort of fell in my lap. Uh, you know, it's not something that I came to the Arboretum mm-hmm. with any interest or understanding in right. doing. You know, I came... I came from a consulting realm where I had some project management experience and, you know, where you think of budgets and you think of how to, you know, carry out uh, certain activities. But, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, with a bit of history attending the, the Walnut Valley Festival over the years and an interest in, in Roots uh, live mm-hmm. music, sort of primed the pump for that. But when uh, Minor Seymour at the Old Settlers Inn in Mound Ridge wanted to pass along this concert series, he'd been running there for about 15 years, 
uh, you know, he brought that to the Arboretum, and, and our director at the time, Julie Torseth, uh, sort of took it and ran with it. And it, and then when she left, it sort of fell in my lap. And mm-hmm. so it's been something I've been doing for the last uh, 14 years now. And uh, cool. it, it's been a lot of fun. It's, it's yeah. been pretty life-giving for me. So that particular, for somebody who's never heard of it, just you kind of told the backstory, but what happens? Are the, all these people here on one day, or how does it work? Yeah, it, we've typically done eight shows in, in a given year. Uh, that that ser- Each series runs uh, usually from around October through April. And, uh, you know, these feature artists from a variety of, of backgrounds and genres and, and styles of music. And uh, similar to, to what Minor Seymour had run with the Old Settlers in, we've tried to keep some of those constants in place, mm-hmm. you know, a diversity of music uh, that represent, you know, maybe roots music, uh, bluegrass, uh, hints of, you know, um, blues, country, rock and roll, mm-hmm. zydeco, jazz, you know, those sorts of things. And, and sometimes those all fall under the, the umbrella of Americana. But, uh, you know, oftentimes acoustic music, but sort of just roots music in general, oftentimes fe- featuring singer-songwriters. So people writing original music and, and bringing that, that great artistry uh, in a professional level as they're touring around the country uh, to plan to stop through Dick Arboretum. And yeah. it's, been, it's been fun to, to kind of try to help orchestrate those, those kind of great artists coming through and spending a little time in Heston uh, each year. Hanging out in Southtown. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's interesting because if you look at the artist, choose one, and then you look at their schedule and see some of the other places they're going, it's not like, well, then they're in Medford, Oklahoma, and then they're in Welda, Kansas. It's all, um, you know, mm-hmm. cities larger than ours, but somehow you have had the ability to secure them and work with their schedules. And the, all the concerts are on Sundays. Typically, we run them on Sundays, mm-hmm. and that was sort of one of the brilliant things that, that Miner set up early on. You know, he did know that we were, were in kind of the, the, the central crossroads of the country, and so the artists, as they're traveling back and forth, and they're trying to put together these routings of, you know, working not only in the Midwest, but the coasts and so forth, that, that they would come through these areas. And, uh, and if he can, especially if he would schedule a Sunday, knowing that the popular shows are oftentimes happening at bigger venues, bigger cities on Fridays and Saturdays as a, as a popular choice, then he has maybe a better chance of bringing some of those artists in. So Sundays are a, a, a great night for, or late afternoon, a mm-hmm. time for us to, to have artists come through. So I think that's one of the elements that's helped with the success of, of programming to bring uh, kind of bigger name artists through uh, small town central Kansas. Well, I think it's brilliant, that timing, because either you love Sundays or there's a struggle for you. Um, Retired people don't even know it's Sunday, but, um, you know, I, I'm just kind of thinking like Sunday at four o'clock is when people could start kind of getting the blues. And instead you invite them in to sing the blues or, hear, you know, hear somebody singing the blues. It's, it's, it is just really nice. And um, it, it's not like people are driving on the road at nine at night. These end at a, a decent time. They can get home. Um, pack their lunch for the next day, and I, th- I think it's wonderful. So tell us about your lineup and who's up first this year. Yeah, we're going to, uh, from from 10 years ago, uh, a favorite artist uh, was the Straybirds. This was a, a trio that came through, I think, back in, yeah, in, in, in 2013. Mm-hmm. And uh, Maya DeVitri, who was the, uh, you know, the featured uh, vocalist in that group, is, is on her own. She's out of Nashville, and she's bringing a... a uh, two other fantastic uh, instrumentalists with her uh, to be uh, our first show on October 1st. Uh, but, uh, you know, that's just sort of the, the first introduction of, you know, an Americana roots uh, uh, music artist. Uh, the, the, the rest of them are, are very, very, very different mm-hmm. in, in their styles and their approaches. And we're just really excited about what they'll bring. You know, Leslie Mendelssohn will come a couple of weeks later, a little bit more of a rock blues influence, traveling the coast. Uh, Scott Movahill is, a, is a, a former bassist with Ricky Skaggs, just a phenomenal bassist. And rarely do you get an artist that can, like, 
command a whole stage presence just with a bass. You know? <laughs> and so you know, he's got great uh, vocals and, and a band behind him that will, will bring a different sound to the Arboretum. We have a, a, a local, uh, John Newfelt out of Newton, uh, has, uh, has really made a name for himself in the Pacific Northwest, and he's going to be bringing uh, part of the duo with Martha Scanlon on November 19. The uh, Damtal Buildings, uh, a group out of New York that's really taken the, the Winfield stage by storm the last number of years. <laughs> And they've been the darlings of Winfield the last few years, and uh-huh. we just kind of got lucky to figure nice. out how to get them to come through. They're they're a really exciting trio, all lots of energy around one mic, and mm-hmm. and uh, they'll they'll just have you dancing in your seats. Uh, a, a duo, Cold Chocolate, out from the east as well, will come in February. Uh, they will have a kind of a, a rock and blues sound uh, mm-hmm. that that will be a, kind of a, a, a different take on, on music and, and a great one. The Arcadian Wild is a top-notch instrumentalist group on March 17, and then we'll finish with the Brother Brothers, uh, a kind of a Paul Simon or, or Simon and Garfunkel sort of okay. sound on nice. on April 21. So we're excited about the the variations, the quality, and all that that they're going to bring. I'm excited. It is exciting. Tell us about tickets. How do you get them? How much do they cost? What? Yeah. How does that work? For the next few weeks, we still have our early bird season ticket special running. And so you can get uh, eight shows for the price of seven. And uh, so that uh, we're working hard on that, that season ticket um, campaign right now. But uh, anywhere from 20 to $35, uh, the single uh, show tickets uh, mm-hmm. can be had through our website at dickarbreedom.org. That is the best bargain. It is. It's, it's spectacular. It's spectacular, not just for the for the community, but I think probably for the artists too. Maybe I, I'm just speculating here, but maybe these guys get to catch their breath a little bit on the tour and mm-hmm. maybe walk around the arboretum and reset themselves. And hey, tr- this is sparking me to create a new song. Right. I'm going to break out a new song for these people. So this, yeah, it's a give and take. I like it. I think yeah. they like coming here. Is that? Yeah, the artists regularly. Re- remark at how much they enjoy seeing the, mm-hmm. the Arboretum through those, you know, those glass windows uh, as While they're, playing they're playing out there. And, yeah. You know, and people before and during the intermission of the shows and enjoy walks around the Arboretum, you know, and um, yeah, we kind of have the, the token saying is like, uh, you know, gourmet music and food in a prairie garden setting. Yeah. It's yeah, kind of a unique awesome. experience. And, wonderful. You know, yeah. And that in Sharon Ince with Crust and Crumb has been a, a great partner, too, at the intermissions to bring mm-hmm. her great food uh, for people to enjoy at intermission as well. Well, seriously, a few weeks ago, I went to the Barbie movie and got a small Coke, and it was $20 for by the time I paid for the show and the drink. And I don't feel like I'm a better person as a result of that. But I think that every our concert I've been to at your place, I I feel like I'm a better person. So there you go. Take it at face value. Absolutely. I mean, it's, again, we, we talked a little bit about that, the email we got about the arts and how, how and we said it before, if you're bored in Heston, it's your own fault. It is your own <laughs> It's your fault. own fault. There's so much going on. Do not walk there, up yeah. to Rusty or me and say, I'm so bored in Heston, because yeah. we're going to say, go back and listen to 34 episodes. Yeah. 40. 40. Go, 40. 40. Go back. Season, season two. We're in season two. I guess I didn't want him to listen to all the episodes. <laughs> I don't want him to listen to that one where I was by myself. <laughs> that was scary. Well, Brad, Scott, anything else? So. It's so great to have you here. Guys, thank you so much for expounding and the things you do for the Arboretum and the things you do for the community. It means so much to Heston, to the people here, that we have such a wonderful resource at our disposal and a phone call. And a, a, you can walk around and see Kansas and Americana all at the same time. Right. So yeah. thank you guys. You guys are both good friends, and we appreciate you. And we'll probably invite you back. Maybe not before Christmas, <laughs> but we'll, we'll invite yeah, you back. We gotta get, we'll, we'll see. We, we got to get that jacket knitted for That's true. Brad. And, and now Scott's like, jacket? What? Yeah. I want to be on again. <laughs> knitted to H-Town. Thank yeah. you so much, yeah, guys. Thanks, we guys. really appreciate we'll it. We'll see, so. see you again That's, around I'm town. Sure I'm sure Jackie's going to swing in with, with library stuff here in just she a second. She probably has some stuff. She did. I, she did. I just but, texted her and said, ready. But we've got sports are back. H-Town Sports are back. Heston Middle School is hosting Emporia in soccer this afternoon. And the high school spikers are taking to the court 
when um, it is, uh, I looked that up, it's Wichita Independent okay. play, pays a visit to the shed this afternoon. Ah, the shed. It's been so long since you've right. said that. Thank and also you. a big shout out to HHS and the inaugural year for Swathers Girl Golf, coached by Brian Johnson, mm-hmm. as the team heads to Crazy Horse in Hutch for the first ever Swather Girls Golf Competition. That's today. So Crazy Horse? Yes. It used to be known as the Highlands. It's now known as Crazy Horse. Why? I don't know. Hmm. But that's the name of the golf course, Crazy Horse Golf Course. It that's used to be the Highlands. Interesting. Yeah. I like so. to hear these reasons. Like I wanted. Well, it's been named three times. The other one was, um, I believe it was called Panganika at first. Panganika? Yes. Not Tanganika. No, Panganika was the huh. name of the golf course. Then it became the Highlands, and then it became Crazy Horse. Wow. And then also on Thursday, middle school volleyball, soccer, and football teams will all be in action at home right here at Hobbs Stadium and the middle school outbuilding. I don't know if you call it the shed. And they, they might be in the shed, too. So they're probably in the shed. So it's the shed in the, it's the, shed in the stadium. Okay. I and thought when you said middle school outbuilding, I'm like, outhouse? No. Or what do you, oh, okay. All right. No, with the construction, I'm probably guessing they're probably in the shed as well. Okay. So. Awesome. And so also much. high school football is on the road. They're kicking off the season as the Gritters take to Hoisington. That's not the farthest they'll go. I think it'll be close. It's a drive. It's a it's 100 miles from here to Hoisington. Okay. But it's a neat drive if you go up Highway 4 and you get to go right by the Cheyenne Bottoms Refuge. Mm, now you're so. making me think I should go there again. So it's kind of cool. So it's a really cool drive. And and if it all goes right, the drive back when you got the moon coming off the, the bottoms, it's pretty spectacular. Did you bring that up because there's a super moon tomorrow? No, but I just thought of it. Because <laughs> <So laughs> isn't it. there a super? There's a gigantic blue super harvest moon or something along okay. those lines. Okay, so. don't forget to go outside, guys. Yeah. Jackie's here to talk library stuff. <laughs> Hi, Jackie. Hi. What's going on at the hub of the community that has a public library? Oh, man. So our after school has picked up. It's been, it's been a lot of fun. We've had, we've had a lot of fun. There's been a lot of controlled chaos. That's um, good. Keep yeah, you on your toes. It, yes, it does. <laughs> uh, we are actually in the midst of, we have one of our staffers, Miss April, um, is going on a new adventure. She um, will be joining our friends at the Central Kansas Community Foundation. Okay. And so that means that we have a position that has come open. It's uh, 28 hours a week, one Saturday a month. Um yeah, it's it's a pretty fun gig. I mean, you get to work here. You get to work with me, and I'm a delight. Um, <laughs> of course you are. <laughs> no, but but we do have this position that's open. Um, Heston Public Library really is an awesome place to work. Miss April, um, the only reason that she's departing is because this is a full-time gig with the Central Kansas Community mm-hmm. Foundation. It's a good place. And it's a wonderful organization, and it's right in her wheelhouse. She came to us from nonprofit, so she's returning there. Um and I'm I'm excited for her, but I'm very sad to see her leaving the right. library. Right. Um, so with this position coming open, it presents the opportunity to have a new person come in and love the library as much as all of our other staff members do. Um, so if you're interested, if you're like, I love the smell of books in the morning um, or the afternoon, if you don't want to get up early, right. we can accommodate that too. Um, <laughs> There's some flexibility. There apparently. is. There is. So like I said, 28 hours a week. Um it's, it really is a really cool gig. You get to work with some amazing women. You get to work with an amazing community. We have opportunities that are coming up that we didn't have previously since we have support from the council and we have the extra funding. Having six people on staff will allow us to do some really extraordinary things. Um, it's great to it hear is, that. Yeah. It, there's just there's a lot going on. We have our Kansas Notable Books display out. So if you have not or if you're not familiar, Kansas Notable Books um, these are all books and authors and stories that center around Kansas. Mm-hmm. And it's a great way to connect with where you live. We read it, we think of these stories as, oh, it happens out there. Mm. And, and not these, always. Not always. And that's the thing is that this whole collection of books that have been carefully compiled um, really capture the essence of what it is to live in Kansas. We've got everything from pictures book, picture books all the way down to, it's called The Monster's Bones. It's the books about the T-Rex that was discovered in the Midwest. And I'm in. Yeah, I'm in. it's it's I'm delightful. 
I'm in. So we've got that going on. Um, our after school program, like I said, is picking up. These kids have been so fun. If you want to come in and get a dose of fun and chaos and find out why they must obey the sword of justice. <laughs> Which you have a literal sword of justice. I have a literal sword of justice. I am needing to make a trip down to the uh, Sedgwick County Renaissance Fair and pick up another sword of justice because I know that this one is going to break. Okay. So I need to wow, have a backup sword of justice. Right. Right. Um, nice. But no, we've we've been super blessed. My my board president, Jen Person, has come in while we are working on the after school component, getting that figured out. Um, she's come in to volunteer with us and she's just such a rock star. Um, I yes, need, she is. I need to just give her a shout yeah. out. She's been such a rock star helping us get this kicked off. Um, well, but yeah. Good stuff. Sounds like it's it's not even September, and you're moving and grooving. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, our friends at the Arboretum, I'm really excited about this. Um, our friends at the Arboretum in October are partnering with us for our after school. Um, we're going to be doing a couple of STEM activities out there with creepy bugs of the plains and dangerous plants of the plains. Nice. So just to get ready for Halloween, we are partnering with them on having Mary Morpho out there as a book walk. Um, and then we are also going to have the author come out, do a book signing, and then a spider walk. So this is all going to be incorporated into our after-school STEM program. Rusty's shaking his head like not on your life. Spiders on and out. <laughs> Friends? Nope. Spiders are great outdoors where they belong <laughs> unless you walk headfirst into a spider web and all of a sudden display the kung fu skills you've never knew you had i feel like i know this story <laughs> because i've done that and you pull familiar. something so yes yeah and See, it's right that this time of year when the orb weaver spiders uh-huh. start making those webs uh-huh. and you don't know and you're looking down next thing you got a full face a full of web and spider and you are a kung fu master you See, know who coordinates that the kids that you scare on halloween i'm sure they, <laughs> they do. all get together sure and they talk they to do. that spider and they say please just scare him i'm sure they do i feel like rusty you're in a position where do you choose your face and spiders or do you choose your ankles and ruts is that kind of where we're at it's a lose-lose situation (laughs) either way but we do have the author of mary morpho coming out to the arboretum Um, we're going to have the book walk out the entire month of october so people can go out read the book get familiar with mary morpho learn to love the characters and the author have the author come out do a book walk or do a book signing and then a spider walk um Lots going on. It is. It's just we've been given such a gift in being fully Mm -hmm. and completely staffed that we're able to do these things. Perfect. So that's what's happening at the library. There's always something. Community has been given a gift with such a spectacular library. Yeah. The library is a happening place. It's It's a hub. It's a hub of the community. It is. And I'm... I'm so excited to see what we can do going forward with after school, with the book walk, with the spider walk, with the book signing. It's just, it just, and we just made a big book order this week. So I clicked order before I came in here. So we've got more new books rolling in. It's happening. Awesome. 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 Man. So until next week, huh? Yeah, we've we've covered a lot. We have been very we've covered a lot. Very busy. We've and I've already got a guest for next week, but we'll just leave that under under wrap. But I do have a guest for next week already set up. Well, it has been great. We've covered a lot. So once again, this has been the weekly walkthrough H-Town coming to you from the hub of the community, the Heston Public Library, recorded with podcasting equipment, sponsored by USW Local 11228. For Susan Lamb, I'm Rusty Witcher saying thank you, and we will see you guys next week in Season 2 again.